Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. August 24th, a.k.a. Mamba Day. Couldn't have gone any better for the Los Angeles Lakers, Daniel. Lakers came out and uh, put on a show, 135-115 to victory over the Blazers to move up 3-1 in the series. And, I mean, it's just, it doesn't get more fitting than that, don't you think? Absolutely. Just an ice-cold victory to honor Kobe. And, you know, it's great to see the Lakers playing well after losing that first game of the series and then taking three in a pretty uh, commanding fashion. I would say, and it looks like we're going to take this series, knock on wood. Yeah, hopefully, man. And uh, we forgot to mention it last pod, but as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Is it Google Play, Google Podcasts? I don't know. I don't think Google I've... Podcasts, I'm pretty sure. don't think I've ever owned an Android device. Um, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, leave us a five-star review. Hey, maybe leave us your best, your favorite Kobe Bryant memory in honor of Mamba Day. Um, maybe we'll read some of those out on the podcast just as like as a cool little tribute to Kobe, even though it'd be a little late, but it's never too late to tribute Kobe. Um, the Lakers, they, they paid the ultimate tribute to Kobe today. Daniel is just, it was a nice victory that was never really in question and didn't have to stress at all. And I like that kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, that's honestly the greatest way you can honor Kobe Bryant, somebody that was so, so just ice cold in the playoffs year after year. Um, you know, celebrate him and, and his life and his career with the Lakers. And yeah, no better way. Yeah, man. And usually we do these outlines before every episode. And uh, we usually like to talk about the positives and the negatives, even in a victory. Last last game, we talked about uh, the free throw shooting. Um, this outline, we got blowout in all caps, all the positives, dot, 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 no negatives. Um, I'm sure if we took a super fine comb to this, we could pick out some negatives on the Lakers. Uh, we're not going to do that. Look, this was this was a phenomenal showing. Um, defensively, they looked fantastic. I think that was my biggest takeaway from this is like, yeah, they scored 135 points. We kind of knew the Lakers could do that anyways if they had a hot shooting night, which is exactly what they had. They shot, a, I believe, above 45%, 43.6% from beyond the arc. So they're a team that if they're shooting that lights out, they're going to score 125, 130 every night. But just defensively, I mean, the Blazers scored 115, but a lot of that was garbage time. Uh, they had 51 points at halftime, and just you know, the Lakers started what 15-0 run to start the game, was it? Uh yeah. Or you know what? That was at some point in the first half. I don't know if it was to start the game. I could be mistaken though. I know they. Um, I think it. They started 15-0. It was. They jumped out early. I know that much. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It probably was because I know they started off um, at least 10-0. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was just like step on the gas and not let up. I, I like that you made that point right now about the Blazers scoring 115, but it's still being a, a really dominant defensive showing from the Lakers because it really did all come in garbage time. Uh, the Blazers really just did not not have it in the first half, and uh, the second half looked a lot better. Oh, yeah, man. And it's just it, it feels good, too, because, you know, myself included, we're kind of touting the Blazers as this overqualified eight seed, which they I still believe they are. You know, the Lakers are just a really – good basketball team um you know and no one in the bubble could really really stop them you know and granted a lot of teams didn't really have much to play for in the bubble and you know there was only a select few teams that really every single game mattered the Blazers being one of them so that could have 
elevated the numbers a little bit. And then, of course, you have uh, Paul George and Patrick Beverly pissing off Damian Lillard, so he just went off for a few games there. But every team struggled in containing this team. And then the Lakers came in. You know, the, Bla- the Blazers still weren't really that great in game one. It was more the Lakers kind of playing poorly and being sluggish. And they've just – they've limited them. You you gave us the magic number, 60 points for CJ and Damian. If they can hold them under that, the Lakers are going to win. 29 combined points for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum tonight, Daniel. That's just yep. – that's insane. Granted, Dame got hurt. He hurt his knee. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But he still played 27 minutes, 33 from CJ. And to hold them 29 points, like, no other team is doing that right now. And that's – you know, that's considering the Lakers, everyone was targeting the guards. You know, the guard defense being terrible and – They've stepped up to the occasion, and I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Lakers have a 44, plus 44 point differential in this series now after tonight. Uh, so really what that means is that they're winning each game by an average of 11 points through four games. Yeah. Like, that's pretty impressive and dominant. Um, you know, that first game was really just, like you said, just a sluggish showing. Uh, but, you know, a 23-point victory and then an 8-point victory and now a 20-point victory. Uh, that could have actually been a lot more had, you know, the starters played down the stretch. Uh, that really didn't happen. But, man, they were, like, the Lakers were up by 38 at one point. The Blazers never led in this game. Yeah. And the Lakers did start off 15 in, or uh, fifteen to zero, which is just <laughs> – you, you knew that the Lakers were just – you knew they were going to take it after seeing that show, showing in the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, 80 points in the first half. That's just – that's remarkable. You know, I mean, this is a close game. This is 150. I, you know, my dumb brain, I was like, are they going to score 160 even? Like, I was just, obviously that wasn't going to happen. But, I mean, it was just, this is the night, you know, the Lakers, they played good basketball. They got inside. They, you know, they took advantage of the advantage down low. And then they were also hitting their threes. Um, And that's what's going to happen. You know, they don't have to shoot this good to win the game. We saw that kind of last game. They didn't shoot as good, but still won. Um, And like I said earlier in the series, and I think it still applies, the Blazers are, they're a team that, you know, it's like a pickup basketball game. It's like a game, uh, an offensive style you'd see at 24-hour. Uh, they just don't – I don't like them from behind. You know, it's kind of like hero ball a little bit with Dame, but they do have other assets. But And, and that, that, that showed in this game, you know, Lakers got off to an early lead and the Blazers never fought back. Like how the Lakers fought back in game one, went on that 10-0 run. The Blazers never had that, you know, until the subs were in when it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So – I, I just feel good. I mean, the series, it's, it's not over. Three games to one. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we will preview game five, and I do have a bold statement, a little Charles Barkley prediction. He's been terrible with his predictions, but it just feels good to go up 3-1, especially on 8-24, you know, under normal circumstances, they'd never be playing on this day, and they're wearing the Mamba jerseys, honoring Kobe a day after his birthday, and it's just, it feels good, man. It feels good. Very happy. Yeah. Very good win today. Absolutely. There was one little drawback. Uh, Anthony Davis, he was fantastic in this, but he did leave the game early. He did not return. Um, It's been reported to be back spasms, which doesn't seem too concerning. I mean, I I don't think I've ever had a back spasm in my life, so (laughs) I don't know exactly what that feels like, but this shouldn't be something that holds him out long-term, probably not even the next game. I just, Are you concerned at all, or have you ever had a back spasm? And You can enlighten me. I've actually had back spasms before. That was like one of the first injuries I can remember as a kid. I was at, at school, and it's not fun. It's really not fun. Uh, but I do think AD is going to be just fine. I think it was more a precautionary thing. Uh, Lakers had a huge lead. There's no reason to take any risks with them. 
Uh, I expect him to be out there starting for the Lakers uh, in two nights. What does the back spasm feel like? It is feels like, like twitching. Like, it's like a needle in your back. Oh, gosh. But like a bunch of tiny needles in like a specific area of your back. It, it's kind of kind of hard to explain. I, I don't know. It just feels like you can't move for a second. A little personal here. Sometimes I get like this pain in my lower back. It's like right above like my buttocks. <laughs> I said that's so weird. Um, it's uh, my lower back and it'll like shoot down my leg. Um, my mom always says that her sciatica nerve hurts. And I yep. used to always make fun of her because I thought that was just a made up thing. But then I looked up the sciatica and it's like exactly the pain I get. So I don't know if that's hereditary, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel Anthony Davis's pain. You know, we're <laughs> equal level athletes, you know, me and Anthony Davis, you know, we both are used to this kind of athletic workload. So very similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then a uh, Dame, as I mentioned, uh, he also got hurt, you know, hurt his knee going in for x-rays, I believe, right? MRI x-rays, tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't yeah. announced what it is yet. Um, just, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. I, I don't I wish for him to be chance. hurt. I think there's a small chance he doesn't play tomorrow, to be honest with you, yeah. or uh, in the next game. I mean, it, it's just tough, you know? I mean, Dame's the kind of guy who is going to go out and play hobbled. So if he's even mm-hmm. 60%, he'll go out. He's not going to watch his team, you know, potentially lose their season, you know, if he thinks he can play. So it just – it depends, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was the Portland Trailblazers and I'm looking at it. Look, we're down 3-1. We have a really short off season. Next season is supposed to start in December. Why risk something, you know? If Dame's 100%, then, yeah, you go with him. If not, I think I would err on the side of caution. Same thing. If it was the Lakers and they only had LeBron and they were down 3-1 in the first round, I don't think it'd be worth it to risk it. But Dame's that kind of guy where he might force himself into the starting lineup. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's that, he's that type of guy. Um, you know, on behalf of the Portland Trailblazers, you got to look out for your franchise point guard at the same time. Uh, more likely than not, they're not going to win the series. You know, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, I mean – be easier for the Lakers if uh, Dame didn't play, but uh, you know, best of luck to him and hopefully he's healthy. Yeah, I said it earlier in the series when he hurt his finger. Uh, I'd rather beat the Blaker, the the Blakers, the Blazers at full strength. I just watched the video of Dame hurting his knee in slow mo. It was kind of nasty. Um, yeah. Also, not I great. I can also relate to Damian Lillard because I have a condition known as Osgood Slaughter's disease. Have you ever heard of that, Daniel? I have. Uh, where you get bumps in your knee, correct? It's something like that. I don't know the exact details. Uh-huh. All I know is I got it from my dad that was diagnosed at a very young age. Don't know if I still have it. But again, me and Dame, both elite athletes. I know how he feels right now. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. Man, you a lot of injuries for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, when he, world athlete. yeah, when he hurt his finger, you know, if you, I cut my finger a few weeks ago. So I kind of related to him there, the two. So You're like Paul Pierce. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, AD was taken out. Uh, he only played 18 minutes, but man, he looked good. Uh, you just look at the basic box box score. You don't look at the minutes played, and it might not seem like a huge game. You know, 18 points, five boards, five assists. But again, if you realize it's 18 minutes, that's that's a great game. Absolutely lethal from the mid range. His mid range was cooking today, just coming up, coming out of the post, coming off screens. You know, doing what he loves, what he does best. Um, mid range is kind of dead in today's game, and it's nice to see him hit those. Um, and he had a little stat, Daniel. You want to read us the stat? A record-setting stat. Uh, yeah. So, Anthony Davis, he only played 18 minutes tonight. And this that's what makes this even more impressive. So, his plus-minus in the game was 37. Plus 37. 
It's actually tied the second highest Lakers playoff plus minus for a player since 2000. Uh, number one in the stat was Shaquille O'Neal, and he actually tied the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, with 37. That's crazy. Plus 37 in 18 minutes. And he wasn't just out there. He was looking good, you know. <laughs> so that just shows, yeah, I mean, far. this team goes, you know, as far as Anthony Davis will take him. LeBron James is great. He had another vintage night, but AD is kind of the biggest, you know, difference maker on this team, at least in my opinion. And he's showing up, you know, we haven't seen passive AD. Uh, he got a little passive in the second half of game one. That's flipped around entirely. He's been playing great. Uh, vintage LeBron, you know, he was being a little bit of a facilitator early on. These last few games, he's just been going off. He had 30 and 10, 30, 10 and 6 in 28 minutes. Um, was disrespecting the Blazers and hitting 40 foot jumpers with up like 25, 30 points. Um, yeah. Which signature LeBron. Those are fun when they go in, but. You know, I have to be on the record and say we were the podcast that were criticizing LeBron for taking those shots in game one. So, yeah, I hate when he takes them, especially late in games. Like, they don't, they're not really a high percentage shot, shot for him. He's not Dame Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when you're up so much and you're kind of just trying to talk smack to Gary Trent Jr., I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. If he misses that, that's not the game. I just hope uh, this doesn't become a trend. Where it, it probably will because LeBron does it a lot where he just takes these long threes just to kind of – they're huge though, man. I, they should be worth four points. They swing the momentum. And, uh, I mean, there wasn't really no momentum to be swung here, but they're fun when they go in. When they don't go in, I don't like them. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly the way I feel about it. I just – I'm really hoping that uh, shot selection is a little bit better from LeBron. I mean, you have the leeway to be able to have uh, poor shots, shot selection in a series like this and a game in particular like this. But, uh, yeah, when, you, when you're playing the Rockets, you can't afford to be taking, you know, 40-foot three-pointers way deep. Yeah. Um, because you know what? The Rockets will hit one in your face on the other end. Yeah, that's true. That's very true, and I, I can't see LeBron, you know, getting a three hit in his face by James Harden and then trying to pull up from 40 feet on the other end and then bricking it, and then that's just a huge momentum swing. But, hey, it worked this time, so let's just be happy it did. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm also happy because our purple and gold players, which if you're a new listener, purple is role players on the Portland Trailblazers who need to play bad for the Lakers, Lakers to succeed. Uh, you know, Lakers bruise them up, give them a little bruise. Purple, bruises are purple. Uh, gold is Laker role players that need to play well for the Lakers to succeed. Our gold players, Danny Green and Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso has been phenomenal this whole series. Uh, Daniel is actually the founding member of the Daniel Caruso fan club. Um, Daniel, I said Daniel Caruso, Alex Caruso fan club. Um, <laughs> he's just been phenomenal this series. You know, It doesn't show up too much in the box score if you're a traditionalist looking at the points and whatnot, but his defense has been the reason why the Lakers have, you know, thrived against the trailblazers so he had another great night yeah. yeah not a great offensive night for sure but uh continue to just really contain damian lillard i feel like i say that every game because it's just been excellent play um but danny green too the shot was falling tonight three for four from three five for eight from the field um he missed two of his three free throws i mean all right uh, but his defense was really solid. In the last couple of games, I've noticed he's been uh, racking up the steals and blocks. He's been blocking shots. I think uh, because of that length, he's guarding some uh, smaller guys than than him. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great to see that he, he played well on both sides of the ball tonight. Yeah, and defensively, he's been, you know, pretty sound the last few games. There was no complaints in that department. But offensively has obviously been the biggest issue. We have a running joke that he wakes up and he misses three three-pointers, you know, to start his morning or four, whatever the number was. 
That wasn't the case today. He made three of four, which, you know, if that's that's great. That's what they need out of Danny Green. Hopefully, if he gets some confidence back, gets his rhythm back, he can maybe attempt more. Kuzma shot nine. Uh, if Danny Green's hitting, I'd like to see Danny Green shoot a little bit more. Maybe Kuzma shoot a little bit less, but this was a blowout, so that's why he shot so much. But this is a good yeah. step in the right direction. Maybe that headache has finally wore off that he supposedly has. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You touched on Kyle Kuzma. He, man, in 21 minutes of play, he played absolutely fantastic. Uh, he went on a big run all by himself for a little bit there in the yeah. second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 18 points on 6 of 12 shooting and 5 for 9 from deep. Yeah, uh, and, two boards and two assists. And I like Kuzma. It's weird, you know, because he's such a weird player because, you know, there were such high expectations for him. He was this sleeper draft pick, which ironically, I feel like sleeper draft picks almost have higher expectations just because you didn't see them coming. So then when they're great in their rookie year, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be really, really good. You know, Lakers just found themselves a gem. So there was that and then mixed with being the third star alongside LeBron and AD and being the only member of the young core that stayed and all that, you know, so he naturally didn't live up to those expectations, but I like him in this kind of sixth man, come off the bench, provide some energy, be a playmaker, you know, shot maker. I, I like him so far. He's, he's looking good. So his defense hasn't killed the Lakers yet, but we'll see how that is, you know, when we get deeper in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the purple players, we both picked bigs, uh, Joseph Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside. Nurkic actually led the Blazers in scoring tonight, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to really take that into account too much. He did have 20 and 13, so he had a good game, but the Lakers were in control of this game so early that it's almost like none of that even matters, as weird as yeah. that sounds. Um, so, I mean, I guess they did a fine job in containing him. And then Hassan Whiteside, you know, his biggest impact was going to be defensively he didn't really have any defensive impact. He only played 17 minutes, had one block. Um, that's just the Lakers took advantage down low, and, you know, they did it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I thought it was crazy. I know we were talking about this before recording, but uh, Portland actually had more players in double figures tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were telling the me that. What was it? So the Lakers had six, I believe you said? They had six. Every starter? Okay, so... It was LeBron, AD, Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma, and Dwight Howard. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, it was all the starters plus Trent, Hazonia, and Wenyan Gabriel. Mm -hmm. So eight to six, which I, I thought was interesting just because, I don't know. I guess it means because uh, nobody was having a really, really strong night for Portland. It's more just like everybody being just okay. Yeah, and again, it, it's kind of weird to say, but... It's it almost feels like like I said, you know, the Blazers can't play from behind. It's like anything can happen in basketball and you can come back, but it genuinely felt like this game was over four minutes in, five minutes in, you know, it just it, the Lakers kind of took that lead and then they just kinda you know, they built it a little bit in the second quarter and they just kinda coasted with it. So like it seems like the Blazers' entire game is just garbage stats. <laughs> you know, as weird as that sounds, yeah. but it's such a strange yeah. game, but that's just how good the Lakers are, man. You get off to this hot start, you can't, you know, you can't stop them. Who's going to guard LeBron in AD? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Portland didn't even lead in this game. Like, if that doesn't say anything, then yeah. I don't know what else would. Yeah. Um, we weren't as successful as the Lakers in terms of our betting. Uh, I mean, I was kind of successful. I went one and one, not to brag. I picked uh, Portland plus seven and a half. Thought it was going to be a close game. Was completely wrong about that. Um, but I did pick the over because I root for points. And the over hit. They had a combined 250 points. 
I predicted 121-118. That wasn't that wasn't what happened, but I went one and one. Daniel, on the other hand, went 0 and two. Also had Portland plus seven and a half and took the under. Daniel, you're down one game to me. How does that make you feel? You know what? It makes me feel horrible because you're not a good real better in real life. What? What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I might not have no models or anything, but I'm hot. Okay, I'm red hot. <laughs> my gut is on fire. Besides this week, I'm down this week, but my gut is on fire. Um, if only Kemper could have passed the uh, missed a, <laughs> gotten an assist, and Vucevic could have gotten oh a my, rebound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, I had one of those parlays. This was episode one. Talked about a crazy parlay I had on the Lakers. Had two more of those. Needed one assist from Kemba Walker. He uh, threw it to Jason Tatum late in the game. Jason Tatum blew a wide-open layup and then needed a Vucevic rebound today. And Vucevic had a wide-open rebound, and Terrence Ross just flew out of nowhere and stole the rebound from him on a free throw. And uh, both were only, like, $5 bets, but it still hurts to be that close. Um, But I'm up in this series, so that's all that matters, Daniel. So you could talk about that all you want, but the record speaks Ooh. for itself. Yeah, production. I'll give that to you for sure. Uh, what are the betting lines for game five? We can kind of carry this on, you know, so I can go up six. Six and four will be my record. It'll be three and seven. I'll have a hefty lead. Ooh, I love the talk. I love it. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that we're both going to agree on this, but uh, the totals aren't out yet, but the spread is. Uh, the Lakers are favored by 11 points against the Blazers in game five. Okay, so what we'll do is give our final score predictions and then just retroactively look at when, what it opened at, and then that'll be the over-under pick. Okay, sounds good. So plus 11 or 11 and a half? It's 11. Look, man. <laughs> I've lost the last two by picking the Blazers as underdogs. I. You know what? No. I'm going Lakers minus 11. Dame, Dame's not going to play, even though I just said he might be a warrior and force his way into the starting lineup. Dame's not going to play. Lakers are going to take care of business. I said at the beginning of the series that the Blazers would go down 3-1 and then lose, and then win game five and then take it to six, and the Lakers would finish him up in six. Lakers aren't even going to let that happen. Uh, same thing. They're going to come out with high energy early on in the game, take a big lead. Uh, they just pretty much got to do exactly what they did today, which is easy for me to say while I'm standing here you know, in my apartment. Um, <laughs> they're going to get out to an early lead. They're going to coast and it's going to be another blowout. And we're going to be looking on to round two. I'm going to go. So the over under, we don't know yet. So they got it. Lakers got to win by 12. I'm going to go mm-hmm. one, one 28 to one 12, one 128, one 12. Okay. Final score prediction. Um, I was also going to go with Lakers minus 11. Oh, I okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lakers minus 11. I think it's going to be 130 to 106. That's a very specific um, score. <laughs> That's like a really specific yeah. score. Yeah, I think it's going to be 130 to 106. Damian Lillard plays but has some knee trouble. The Blazers exercise caution. The Lakers are in control the entire game. And it's just, it's a blowout from start to finish is my prediction. That's fair. And I mean, you're probably also going to have the over because you're at 236. Usually with these games, they've been like 225 to 229. So um, yeah, it looks like we're going to agree on both. It might go up. 
uh, I mean, either way, you're 136, I'm 140, so unless the line is in between that, which it, it might go up just because this game was so high scoring, but it's not going to go up that much. Um, so we probably both yeah. have the over and the Lakers minus 11. I don't like that we agree. I, I yeah, honestly – I want to take the lead. I honestly picked Lakers minus 11 because I thought you were going to pick the Blazers, but that's okay. Lakers are going to win in a blowout. I predicted it, and that's what's going to happen. I got the better record after all. So you're probably – it's probably a good thing you agree with me. You know, you get your record either, back in shape. Man, it's either we're going to – you're going to be four and six, and I'm going to be three and seven, and we, we're both horrible, or I'm going to be five and five, and you're going to be six and four. Or we go one and one and five and oh, five. Oh, yeah. Four, yeah. Four and five six. and five, four and six. Um, yeah, true, true, true. We usually preview the games. Uh, we've been previewing everything. I don't really know what there is to preview. Uh, the Lakers kind of have the recipe to beat the Blazers. We've seen it three times now, twice in blowout fashion. Uh, it's just kind of doing the same stuff, you know, hitting your three-point shots. It doesn't have to be, you know, at this high of a clip, but hitting your three-point shots. Um, and I'm saying the Blazers are done, Daniel. They got my done chain. I know it's it's not that bold to say when they're down 3-1, but there is a 0% chance the Blazers win this playoff series. I, I'm I'm totally in agreement there with you. I think it's like less than 0.1%. It's zero. If they do it, more power to them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll look stupid if the Blazers end up coming back. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be more bold to give the Blazers the Dun Chain like after the Lakers went up 2-1. Or, ooh, if I would have gave the Blazers the Dun Chain after they went up 1-0, said they got too much confidence from game one. That would have been, been an absurd hot <laughs> take to take. Um <laughs> The Blazers are done, man. I mean, they they might steal this game. I, even though I picked the Lakers, I wouldn't be shocked if it's just one of those games that the Blazers eke out at the last second. And if they do, they're just going to come out in game six and get, you know, thoroughly beaten again. I don't see how this team beats the Lakers three games in a row, especially what, I've, what we've seen the last three games. And, you know, it's kind of on to the next, you know. I don't like looking ahead when things aren't guaranteed, but in my mind, this is a guarantee, so... Would you agree? Yeah, I I thought the series was over after the two one. Uh, Lakers took that two one lead. Honestly, they just looked like the better team from top to bottom, and they got the star power up top. Uh, the Dame injury doesn't help either. I, I'm really yeah. really confident in saying that the Blazers uh, will lose two nights from from now. Um, but yeah, let, let's hope that you know the Lakers are able to get as much rest as possible for. Uh, the next series. Oh, absolutely. And the next series is going to be either the Rockets or the Thunder. I said that that series was done when the Rockets were up 2-0. And then the Thunder might have heard the podcast, came charging back, and now the series is tied 2-2. The Thunder are one of the best stories in sports, in my opinion, just because they, you know, they weren't supposed to be here. Um, they've won two in a row. Chris Paul is just a chiseled veteran, just leading his team. Um, I really like the Thunder's pieces. I still like the Rockets more. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, I want the Thunder to win because I think the Thunder are a much better matchup for the Lakers just because the Rockets are a headache. But my heart says the Rockets are still going to win this series. What are you thinking? 2-2 series. I definitely think that the Rockets will win the series, although I did tell you in the beginning that I thought the Thunder would win. Yeah. Um, I thought tonight, or yeah, tonight, just a lot went well for the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, there a little bit of luck on their side, a little bit of... Uh, ref help, stuff like that, um, where I think the Rockets are still playing better basketball than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I really do like the Thunder team. I, I love SGA. I love Steven Adams. I love Chris Paul. Um, I think they got a really, really solid team. And uh, 
man, coming out of nowhere, Lou Dort playing fantastic defense on James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Dennis Schroeder, 30 points, you're not going to get that every night. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I, – I wouldn't be surprised if this goes seven games. And that's just kind of who the Rockets are, man. I feel like they're just – all year they've been that team who can beat anyone. They could go out and, you know, beat the Lakers and the Bucks and the Clippers back-to-back-to-back nights. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, you know. But at the same time, they're a team who could just drop the ball to anyone. Not saying the Thunder are a bad team, but I could see, you know, the Rockets losing to the – the Suns went eight and zero in the bubble. That's not a good example. The Warriors, you know, the injury laden Warriors, um, and it it just has to go to the three point shooting. You know, it's such a ice cold, it's such a hot and cold thing, and they're so relying on it. And you know, that's kind of why that happens. I still think they get the the job done. I think we're gonna get Rockets laser, ro- Rockets lasers, Rockets Rocket Lakers, laser. <laughs> Rockets Lakers uh, round two, which is gonna be very interesting to see how Frank Vogel, you know, schemes that up with the Rockets having no bigs and being just a three-point heavy team. They actually have Robert yeah. Covington listed as the center. That's insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, I know they do play that small ball uh, with P.J. Tucker usually. That That's just insane. Um, and we'll preview that if that actually happens. But, yeah, we both think Rockets. As for our L.A. counterparts, the Los Angeles Clippers, they're in some trouble, Daniel. They're in some trouble. Um. They're tied 2-2 with the Mavericks, which it seems a little silly to say they're in trouble, you know, 2-2. But this was a series that, you know, Clipper fans were thinking they were going to get through pretty easily, even though the Mavericks are a very solid team. You know, the the narrative was that the Lakers got the hard first-round, second-round matchup between the Blazers and the Rockets, potentially, and the Clippers had an easy route. I mean, Luka, they got luka Luka had that now historic game-winning shot that's going to go down. It's going to be replayed time and time again. Potentially could be this year's version of the Kawhi shot. Wouldn't that be ironic? Um, Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is a series where the Clippers probably should be losing, to be fair. Uh, Yeah, I think they should be down 3-1. They got, you know, the Kristaps, the bogus Kristaps ejection, the the Luka injury in Game 3, and they haven't been playing that good at basketball. Playoff P has shown up in playoff form just playing terribly. He looked absolutely awful in Game 4. Um, and then just the Doc Rivers has been coaching just terribly. He's been throwing weird rotations out there and having, you know, Reggie Jackson in the game to end the game in game four. Like, why do you have Reggie Jackson on Luka? You know, that's just yeah a, a loss waiting yeah, to happen. Really and they're without Patrick Beverly. That shouldn't go without being, you know, without being said because Patrick Beverly <laughs> is very important to that team. But they don't look great, man. And I do have some Clipper fans in my life, and they are legitimately worried. And I, I can't blame him. If the Lakers were in the exact same situation, looking the exact same way, I'd be equally as worried. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, you hit on Doc Rivers, and when I was watching the game, I was really surprised to see not Kawhi on Kawhi, or uh, not Kawhi on Luka Doncic. Yeah, or not, maybe even Paul George. You got two All NBA perimeter defenders like that, uh, wing defenders that are absolutely excellent, um, and you have Reggie Jackson. Or you have Marcus Morris on Doncic. It's just, it does not make any sense to me. Yeah, man. And I mean, I mean, uh, Lou Williams had a fantastic game, 36. You know, he kind of picked up the load for Paul George. But he's not playing Zubach much. 22 minutes didn't play him, like, really at all in crunch time. Uh, Marcus Morris, you know, he did hit a really big three late in the game. But he still didn't look all that great, you know. Uh, Harrell, who's been like, you know, touted as like this unstoppable monster off the bench. He had two points in 17 minutes. Reggie Jackson had 14, but was terribly, terrible defensively. Landry Shamet was okay. It's just, 
you know, I've been saying it all year, and this has been my number one argument against the Clippers and my number one argument why the Lakers had an advantage, is on-court chemistry is really important, especially in the playoffs, especially when you have two elite teams. Every team in the West is elite. The West is so stacked. Um, you have two elite teams. It's the team that's going to have more playing time together and more familiarity and, you know, what to do on certain situations and switches and who's going to be where and that's gonna, that's a natural advantage, and the Clippers are a more talented team, but they just don't have enough time on the court together. And it seemed like Clipper fans discounted that. It's you haven't seen us at full strength yet. Just wait till we see them at full strength. But you have to play together. You have to get those minutes together, and they just haven't had that. And uh, it's kind of falling apart at the seams without Patrick Beverly. You know, he's like the guy that can kind of hold it together, um, and that's not happening right now. And they, they don't look great, man. And I can't say I'm sad about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I love that they don't look great. Uh, the last time we recapped this uh, this series, you know, it was two one. The Clippers were up, uh, and I said, you know what? If the Mavericks if the Mavericks win Game Four, this series is going seven. Did if the that. Clippers win the game, this series is going six with the Clippers victory. Um, I'm going to make a hot take, and I'm going to say the Mavericks upset the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> and you know why? Why? Because the Mavericks played this well without Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, that's true. Didn't even mention that. No Kristaps in this game. Absolutely crazy. I mean, like, the value that's added, Porzingis versus, like, a Patrick Beverly, there's a big, big oh, disadvantage yeah. there for the Mavericks. And they are playing the Clippers so tough. Like, it does not matter what Kawhi's doing because Paul George, he's not there as a running mate. He's pretty much a role player out there. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd be very happy if this happened. Uh, it obviously would make the Lakers' path a lot easier. The Mavericks are a solid team, but I really like how the Lakers match up with them. You figure then the Lakers would get the Mavericks or the, what, it's looking like the Jazz because they're up 3-1, which I've mm -hmm. said, I'm on the record as saying that's just an awful matchup for the Jazz. That's that's a Lakers sweep, in my opinion. Um, yeah. If the Clippers lose round one, it's it's a lock that the Lakers, you know, barring injury, which obviously we hope never happens, it would be a lock that the Lakers would at least make the NBA Finals, which is just an exciting thing to think. To think Because I think the Clippers are the only team yeah. that can beat the Lakers. And the way they're looking in this first-round series, this Clippers team is not going to beat the Lakers, especially how the Lakers have responded from adversity. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be interesting to see if the Thunder and the Mavericks both upset and – the Lakers get to play the Thunder and either the Mavericks or the Jazz. That would, yeah, because the narrative was, you know, the murderer's row that the Lakers have to go through to get to the finals and even win the finals. And even I pushed that narrative a little bit because it, it looked like it was going to be that way. But, you know, as we've seen time and time again in sports, you know, what we expect to happen isn't usually what happens. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then the rest of the playoffs, we got Boston, Toronto. They both swept. Uh, they're going into round two. The Heat swept as well. East is pretty solid, too. East is sneakily solid. They're top, like, I say the Heat are a top four talented team, even though they're a fifth seed. They're top. I they're, think the Heat are so swept on. Oh, yeah. Their four most talented teams are actually really good. I think their third and fourth most talented team might be better than the third and fourth most talented team in the West. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, Boston, Toronto, that's going to be a fun series. I think I'd probably pick Boston. Oh, I'm really high on Boston. As it hurts to say, but I am yeah. high on Boston. Um, yeah, I'm really high on Toronto. I think they take that series in five or six. Okay, that's where we disagree. 
I think Boston yep. will take it in seven. Um, yeah. And then Milwaukee just has to beat the Magic one more time, which that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll happen. Um, yeah. It, I really think that the uh, the Raptors have, you know, just as good of a chance as the Bucks is making it out of the East. That's just my opinion. I think the Raptors are built so well and so well constructed and all the parts work together just like last year uh, to the point where I am really under the belief that they could upset the Bucks if uh, they do end up playing them. Yeah, the Raptors, I mean, they made the Lakers look really bad in the seeding games. And uh, they're a good team, man. They're well coached, really good defensively. They got great shooters. They're experienced. They got. They are somehow the only example in NBA history, maybe not the only, but uh, to be a, cha- a defending champion with a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just weird. I know this is a Lakers podcast, but touch on that real quick. It's weird to look back now. And out of anything Kawhi could have done, he probably picked the absolute hardest path to win an NBA championship. And I see people like kind of crapping on him for doing that, you know, but you can't crap on players for taking the easy route and then be like, well, Kawhi took the hardest route, but you figure the Lakers with LeBron and AD, you know, they're, they're winning the title without question. There's don't even have to play a season at that point. Um, Stays in Toronto, you know, the way they're looking this year, Kawhi with Toronto is way better than this Clippers team is right now. Um, oh yeah, they're the second best team in the NBA. I think at that point they're probably better than the Bucks. And then even the Clippers, <laughs> I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it, but Clipper fans will hate that I say it. The Clippers without Paul George might even be if you had Shy and Gallinari on this team with future draft picks that you can then you know flip into something else, or you'll have Gallinari's cap space after this year to go get a free agent after this year, like. Not only do I think they might be better this year, but they'd be well more well suited to adjust after this year and make you know changes. Um, but it's kind of title or bust for the Clippers because, I mean, they do have two chances at it. But if they don't win this year, they're not going to be able to make many changes. They're probably going to lose some guys, and if they don't win the following year, Kawhi and Paul George might be fed up with each other. They'll both leave. The Clippers don't have draft picks for the next decade, and the Lakers just continue to dominate LA. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> that's a dream come true right there. Oh man, I was. I'm looking forward. I kind of do still hope a Lakers Clippers uh, Western Conference Finals happens because if the Lakers beat the Clippers, it's just going to be great. All the the it's chatter so all season, but it might even be better if the if the Clippers lose in round one. Um, yeah, it's yeah. both great. It's both great, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Daniel, it's been a great episode. Mamba Day, blowout victory. You got anything else for the listeners? Let's win this series. Yes, let's not make it complicated. Let's just win it in five. Get on to the next. In the yes, mean- sir. In the meantime, go Lakers. I, I be balling every day. Every day.